Hey, this is Dave Pryor. We're here in the Leading Agile booth all week long. We're doing interviews with speakers and thought leaders and other folks that are attending the conference to talk about what's going on here. So if you can't make it, you still get a sense of what's happening. And Marty Bradley's here. How you doing? Yo. Dave. Yo. <laughs> From Philly. Um, we're going to talk about enterprise transformation offices. Yes. Which is something a lot of people here probably don't know anything about. Correct. So... What is that? Yeah, so let's start with what it isn't, right? Okay. So it's not an agile PMO, right? So it's okay. not a traditional PMO office. And I'm not going to go into detail. Most people know what the PMO offices do. But when we talk about an agile transformation office or an agile office, it has basically five main objectives, right? Okay. One is to define the vision for uh, the transformation, okay. right? And, and we get into detail all these later. Second thing is, is really to create clearing conditions okay. for the transformation. Uh, third would be build the transformation roadmap and maintain it. Okay. Uh, fourth thing would be coaching the system of transformation, right? So after we built the roadmap, we have a vision, we're going to coach towards it. Okay. And then the last thing and the thing that gets missed a lot is really sustaining the system of delivery. Okay. Right? So we've done a transformation and we have to, have to keep it up. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, and so, you know, if you have, do you have questions at this point, I can kind of I have lots detail. of questions, but let's start at the very beginning. So sure. we talk about having a vision for a product, but... For an organization that wants to switch to Agile, a lot of them want to do it just because it's Agile and they think that's what they're supposed to do. Right. So when you talk about defining vision for transformation, what, do you, what are you looking for there? Yeah. So, you know, our typical transformation approach is that we go through our four quadrants, right? Okay. So what we do is we set up and we look at the organization and not everybody in an organization needs to be lean, Agile kind of startup-y, right? Okay. Some, some teams need to just get to the point where they're very predictable. Okay. And maybe they're predictable on a certain cadence. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's three months. And you can do different part of the organization like that. Okay. So when, you, when you're trying to define the vision or the end state is you want to look at each of those components. Uh, you know, let's call them value streams for okay. lack of a better term. But uh, value streams are capabilities and what kind of cadence do they need to work on. Okay. And then, and then where are they now? And what's the what's their goal? Like so, if they're at what we call base camp one, right. which is kind of ad hoc, trying to get the base camp three, what what's the vision? What's the transform? And then that leads into the roadmap. Then we build a roadmap on okay. how to get them there. So not every part of the organization has to go all the way through all the base camps. Yeah, correct, okay. correct. Yeah. So we can have some that are just focused on like the keep the lights on stuff. Maybe they're a little more on the traditional end of things. But that's easier for them to work that way than trying to force the whole company to switch over. Yeah, so we have we have a couple of uh, clients now that we're working with where they they specifically set up uh, groups, maybe four or five teams, to do okay. innovative work. Right, so they're doing a lot of invest to learn kind of activities. Right, and then as they figure out and they catch a market, they'll then integrate that back into something that that's probably a little bit more stable. So they'll okay. integrate that back in, and then the the team that's maybe at base camp three right. is is going to then consume. That that and use that product and then those guys are going to go off and continue a, a quicker cycle maybe two okay. three days couple weeks right so i'm assuming that you want the the company overall to have a reason for wanting to move to agile or a problem they're trying to fix with it but does that mean that these different elements within the organization have to answer that as well like here's why we need these people to be more on the lean startup end of things these people can be more keep the lights on stuff. Yeah, absolutely, right? And it ties to the business strategy, right? Okay. So what the business strategy will define who needs to be where, right? Okay. So some of our clients, they have a lot of, um, uh, they may have a lot of uh, 
what do you call it, where they're uh, compliance type things, right? Okay. So they're usually, it usually takes them a little longer to get through a cycle and it's outside of their control. Maybe right. they get everything done and then there's a third party government gotta validate or, yeah, that has to validate what they've done, right? Okay. So that slows or, or kind of defines the length of their and process. And that's okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. fine. It's just the organization obviously planned for that. They've probably been working in that environment for years. Okay, you know that's the way they've grown up. And I imagine that makes it a lot more palatable for a lot of organizations, larger organizations, to make that change. They can do it incrementally. Yeah, exactly. Right, because okay. what happens is is they get caught up in the issue of having to be compliant, right? And they forget that they can kind of separate those two things. Okay, right. So they can innovate and then bring it back into compliance. Okay, right. Now, when you talk about the clearing conditions, what is that actually? Yeah, that's really a lot. When we talk about uh, creating communications plans for okay. uh, our transformations, really, what we need to do is if we're telling people ahead of time and kind of predicting the future for them, right? And then and then telling them what are the things that they're going to run into, okay, and they need to protect themselves in the organization. So if we get that information out there and then also, uh, you know, I've seen this where we go into transformations and we go into a new team and they're right. all like, what? We're, we're yeah. going, what? <laughs> we're like, wait a second. <laughs> Nobody told them. Right. And, and so just some simple things like that. Okay. And then a lot of organizations, they need to hear from their leaders okay. that, hey, this is something I bought into. We're doing it for this reason. Right. We have very good reason for doing it and we're going, this isn't a fad. So get on board or... Okay. So does that also include things like helping people cope with, I mean, the practices and stuff, that makes total sense. But there's always that sort of emotional change and how you view work people have to go through. Are you guys providing support there as well? Yeah, absolutely, right? Because what ends up happening is is that with our with our system of transformation, we, we believe in culture and practices, but right. that we have to lead it with a system and then the culture will start to evolve. Okay. And and that evolution of that culture is the leaders telling everybody it's okay, right? Okay. And, and it's okay to, you know, you don't want to turn the organization into a bunch of people saying no, but it's okay to say, hey, I have too much work to do. Let's talk about why I have too much work, what we can do to kind of flatten that out and increase the flow and make things better. Okay. A lot of organizations, they're so used to just taking orders. Yeah, and saying yes to get, everything. Right, yeah. right. So unless you give an explicit permission to kind of say, hey, I can't just take an order anymore. I need to understand a little bit better. And those are the type of things that, okay. that you kind of have to make sure that everybody in there. And that's that's what starts changing the culture. And that's got to be weird for leadership too because they're like well you're agile just give me more stuff faster all the time whatever yeah. I want but that's not the way it's going to work yeah and it's interesting when you go into different uh, countries too because uh, I, I recently went to China for uh, one of our clients and they're, they think they're agile because they do everything really fast well the way they do everything really fast is they all work 20 hours a day right <laughs> because if they don't there's somebody sitting behind them that wants their they job will, yeah. yeah so you know trying to work with them and help them understand and once they start to hear it they get excited because now they think that, hey, they can clean it up and still get them to work 20 hours a day and get even more stuff done faster. <laughs> so that's yeah. a massive shift for how, I mean, not just how the people are working, but how executive leadership is looking at. I mean, they're going to be now depending on people to say, this is more than we can do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and you know, it's interesting. We find that that's what they want to hear. They want to understand what's blocking. This. Yeah. They don't like just jamming things in there, hoping 10% of it gets done. Right. They would rather go, these are the 10 things that I need done. Go get them done. Yeah. And if there's a problem, come back and come back early so we can adjust Figure if it we out. have to. Yeah, right? there's somebody I interviewed one time who was talking about how she loves it when the team says no. Because that forces her to decide, okay, well, what, what are the things I can have? What things can I live without? Yeah. Instead of just jamming everything. In yeah, it's amazing how when we have some constraints, it makes us think a little bit harder about what we're doing, right? Yeah. Which is a good thing. So with the roadmap, 
I mean, instead of a product roadmap, you're talking about planning out how the organization is going to move through this transformation, right. which is going to, I'm assuming, create clarity for leadership. They know what to expect, when it's going to be coming. The teams can see when they're going to be making the change as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So when we talk about a roadmap, we're looking at, and it's interesting because it depends on the size of the organization. Right. Right. You still need a roadmap, but in smaller organizations, we'll go through what we typically do with our expeditions and our iterative incremental, um, you know, slices, full slice through the organization. Okay. And, um, uh, as we go into larger and larger organizations, this is why setting up a transformation office is so important is that we can't touch every team. Okay. We have to we have to build the ability inside of the organization to to help with the transformation and to sustain it. And right? to cope with the shift that they're going to have. Exactly. Because right? okay. you think about it, we go into some organizations and you go into a team and there's like thousands, tens of thousands of people in there and it's, we can't touch all of them. There's okay. just no way. Now, you said this isn't like a PMO, which I totally get, but I can also, in the back of my brain, my voice is going, well, that's what a PMO would do. Well, PMOs... Theoretically. They, yeah, they do, a, they do a lot of things, right? But traditionally, what a PMO has also done is they've resourced out projects, right? Okay. So they, they'll sit down, they'll sign a project manager or program manager, they'll go get a team, and, and they'll get budget, and then they'll manage to the budget, right? Okay. And, and we know with Agile, really what we want to do is we want to have stable teams, stable scrum, you want scrum master and things like that. Right. So what the, what the office is... Um, it isn't. It isn't a place for you to put all your scrum masters and lend them out to teams as they need a scrum master. That was important. Please listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, would the PMO still have a place to exist alongside a transformation office, or does it become just unnecessary? Yeah. We. I mean, we talked about this in a, in a prior podcast. Is that you know, I still think there's a place for a PMO if you already have one, right? Okay. The PMO. One of the things they've done historically is handled that that orchestration that you need mm-hmm. in an organization, and so you know, kind of leads into how we define. Um, what an expedition looks like to us, okay. right? What a vertical slice is that we look to, you know, there's that encapsulation and then the orchestration. The encapsulation part, the team, the whole expedition should handle all that themselves. Okay. That external orchestration is where I still think you need some PMO office, right? Okay. And then they can also help with things like... Um, why do I always forget this word compliance okay. and things like that? So they can kind of manage, help manage that across the organization. Eventually, you want to get that all integrated in, but yeah. we have to be pragmatic about it. It really takes okay. a little while to make. But what about the reporting? Is that going to be handled by the transformation office or by some? You know, it's else? an it's an interesting thing. Uh, it's a great question too because I'm working with a client now trying to figure out what is the best way to do that. Right. Okay. And if we can get the one key thing we need to make sure everybody understands with reporting is that it needs to be used for good, and not evil. Yeah. Right. And 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 if you look at it as a way to sustain the transformation, right? Because that's really the last piece of this yeah. is that I have a system of delivery team, and they they were coached two years ago. They should be getting better. Your agile, so we just stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should be getting better all the time, not worse, right? Okay. And and we can manage that with the metrics. Okay. So the question is, is is who collects that? Does that get collected up into the transformation office and and centrally reported? Or is it a PMO service, right? Okay. So it depends on if the organization already has a service or a PMO that's doing that. What I typically suggest is that we train them on why we're collecting the data. Okay. Or just giving them the summary data, right? Because the okay. team level data, I don't want somebody comparing teams because they're not progressing fast enough, right? right? Um, or trying to compare velocities, right? That type of kind of craziness that we see. Yeah. Uh, but we do want the teams looking at that on a regular basis okay. and, and going through and doing continuous improvement, right? Because that goes directly to uh, the system of delivery and sustaining that. 
Okay, so that's sort of coaching the system and sustainability at the same time, like helping them get their legs with it and then guiding them so they can just do it on their own. Absolutely, absolutely. And with the metrics, we've talked about this before in another podcast, that's going to evolve as well. Absolutely. Okay, are you able to map out, I mean, you've got a roadmap for how you think things are going to go, and I'm assuming that keeps evolving, but... Are you able to map out points in the future and say, like, this is when we think we're going to start looking at these kind of metrics and these kind of metrics? And Yeah, typically, you know, right away what we like to do is we like to do a baseline assessment. Right? Okay. So those type of metrics we want to start doing right away. And then a lot of the team level metrics, we need a little bit of history for them to mean anything. Right? Yeah. So we're looking for flow. We're looking for stabilization. Right. So it takes usually delivery teams. It takes them about two or three sprints before you can start to see velocity stabilize. OK. And if it doesn't, that tells you something there, too. Right? And you need more things to fix. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So and, and the interesting thing is, is that what what we typically see is if um, we have six teams, if you look across those six teams, five of them probably have the same exact problem, right? And that's when okay. you start looking at organizationally. And those are the type of things that you push up and look at how we're doing the system of transformation. That's the kind of things that the um, Agile office or Agile transformation office, they want to be collecting, making sure that tr- um, the transformation leadership team is looking at those because right. that's something that's probably systemic. Yeah, that's what I was just going to add to some, if it's causing all these teams, it's deeper than the teams. Absolutely, okay. right? And those are the kind of things they love, right? That's Those are the kind of problems the executives want to fix, yeah. right? You come to them with something specific and say, look, we see this across all the teams. We need a better backlog. It's not clear what the strategy yeah. is. It's like, but we've told everybody this strategy. And it's like, well, mean it's not getting it. from here to here, yeah. right? And so those are the kind of problems they'd love to solve. So, okay. so you bring them to them and they get excited about it. One more question about this. Who works in this office? Uh, typically, what happens is, is it's, it's, it should be eventually what we want is we want the client teams to be in this office, okay. right? So you're going to have probably a, a, a kind of a leader of the transformation office, right? Just you need some sort of leadership, almost like a scrum master, right? Yeah. Somebody that understands the vision, probably more product owner, okay. some scrum master to make sure that the work's getting done, and then some level of coaching. Okay. Because what we've seen is is that we can build, um, like inside of the transformation office, one of the things we do is we build out uh, what we call service catalog. Okay. And the services catalog could be something as simple as this is how we teach people to write epics in our organization. Okay. This these are decisions that need to be made around an epic and at this time. Okay. If you went to Dennis's talk earlier today, he talked about you know where do we put that in the flow, and those those are the kind of things that we document in that service catalog. Okay. So that somebody new comes in the org. Organization, they it's understand. like a playbook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're doing that for clients. You guys would go in, coaches would go in, help this happen, and then train up other people within the organization to take over once we leave. Absolutely. So we're not embedded forever. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. what we found is, is that we would love to, you know, we would love to document everything and then let people coach themselves. Yeah. But we found in every instance that doesn't work, right? Okay. And, and that's one of the reasons why we believe it's not a practice first kind of thing, because that's essentially what you'd be doing in that case. It's okay. like, read all this stuff and go transform yourself. Yeah. It just doesn't work that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, what we have seen, though, is that you can do a lighter touch okay. if they have some people 
people that have some background. So it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody like us that has been coaching for 15, 20 years, but somebody that maybe has been through an expedition, has been coached through one time. We walk them through, they do it again with us, and okay. then they can do it on their own. So okay. inside that organization, they understand all the nuances and they can probably do, help do the transformation themselves. Okay, so it's not just trans- transforming them, it's providing them with the capability to continue transforming Absolutely, themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. yeah. So if people want to find out more about this, like what's the best way to reach you if they got questions? Uh, to reach me, I mean, my email address is always the way to do it. Uh, okay. Marty.Bradley at leadingagile.com okay. and um, LinkedIn. I'm okay. on LinkedIn all the time. So. Cool. And, and you've got a page on the Leading Agile site under the Archive section. Yep. Cool. Marty, thanks a lot. All right, thanks,